This is Phil Diaz. I'm the pastor at Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's my prayer that God would use this podcast to speak to your life right where you're at. I pray it also builds your faith and helps give you perspective on how God can work, move, and transform your life. Enjoy the message. Were you guys ready to be in the Word today? excited to be in the Word of God today. Woo. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I want to greet everyone that's here today. Welcome to Greencastle Church in Nazarene. And of course, welcome our eFam that's watching online. And I just want to again start today by giving God massive praise today. Yeah, massive praise. Because today we're going to talk about happiness. Woo! I tried to find the happiest graphic that I could find. And today's sermon title is How to Be a Happier Person. Turn to your neighbor and say, Happy. Happy, 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 happy. Happy. Amen. Amen. So, I want to kick things off um, with a little game, okay? And this is going to kind of be a lot different for a Sunday morning, okay? And I don't normally do this, but I'm going to do this, and I apologize later, okay? Okay. All right, so when I was thinking about happy, uh, I try to think of what sort of ways we relate to the word happy. And so, you know, as, as I'm jotting down my sermon and everything, you know, you, you got sometimes the radio on in the background or this and that. And I just kept thinking how songs on the radio always have the word happy in them somewhere, sometime. Maybe not so much anymore, I don't know, but, but at least, uh, in some sort of way, there's something about being happy. So I'm just going to see if we can play a game today. Uh, if if you recognize a snippet of something, I want you to stand up. And at that point, what you do is up to you in between you and the Lord. But if you, you know, break out and shout and dance or something like that, well, I'm just leaving that between you and God. Okay. <laughs> But here's the thing, is I, I was trying to put a, a, a mixed tape together. Does anyone remember cassette tapes? Okay. I thought this crowd would do well with remembering cassette tapes. Um, sometimes in the youth group it gets a little funny talking about what was it. So I tried to make this cassette tape, but if you remember, uh, I have a pet puppet that resides in my house whose name is Cactus Sid. You guys remember Cactus Sid? Okay. Well, as you know, when you have a dog, where's Gail? She was dog sitting. Oh, she's, you know, sometimes, you know, they get into things, right? Well, I was trying to make this mixtape, and, you know, it got chewed up a little bit. So there's only little snippets of things. So I'll just say it this way. If something plays and you don't like it, it'll probably move fairly quickly, okay? But here's the game. If you know the song or heard the song, I want you to stand up. For the duration of that. It might be a little longer, but I guarantee you it will not be longer than two minutes all total, okay? 
All right? So I'm not going to ask you to stay in a long, long time. But are you guys ready for my, my, my happy mixtape? Yes. You guys ready? Okay, here we go. But alive! 
So I asked this question. I asked this to my family. I said, I talked to Ashley, I said, who do you think is the happiest person you know? And she stopped and she's like, man, that's a good question. Let me think about that for a minute. So she was thinking. So I brought the kids and I said, I said, Liam, who's the happiest person you know? And he says, oh, that's easy. That's my cousin Cooper. <laughs> Which, by the way, if Lydia, is, my sister-in-law, is watching, she will be laughing at that right now. <laughs> so he said, well, Cooper. So then I brought Lily. I said, Lily, who's the happiest person that you know? And she said, oh, that's my friend uh, Libby. Okay, yeah, okay, I can see that. So now she's like, well, yeah, 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 I mean, you know, Libby's happy, and her mom, Lurie, is happy. I said, okay. You know what, and all of that? They never asked about me. <laughs> I wasn't an option, I guess. <laughs> Happiness is interesting to talk about. Uh, because... You know, Christians, we, we say some weird things sometimes when it comes about happiness. We are, we're, we're kind of weird about it, okay? Uh, there's some Christians, and they'll say things like, man, talk about happiness. I got the joy of the Lord. Don't you see it? I got joy. Down, down, down. Deep in our hearts, deep in the world. It might be down there, but it's definitely not on their face. <laughs> but here's the thing about some of that. They get weirded out because when we talk about happiness, it's either you, you talk about it in a way to where it's like Christian life, um, and, and it doesn't maybe mean much for people. But in all honesty, happiness is one of the things that I talk the most about with people in pastoring. So, it's easy at times, as believers in God, to kind of forget about, really, what the Bible says about happiness. And so that's what we're going to go into today. Are you guys ready for the Word of God? Yes. Okay. All right. So we're going to be looking at the Psalms here today. I want to be looking at Psalm 119. I want to look at verse... One through eight. For some reason, of course, it's acting funny. The letters aren't where they need to be. So that's okay. We brought our Bibles today, right? Yes. We did? Okay, let's turn to our Bibles. Let's stand up for the Word of God today. I'm so excited. I'm happy to be here. I'm ready to preach. And I hope that you're ready well as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so this is what. The word of the Lord says, Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8, it says this. It says, blessed, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do not, they do no wrong, but follow his ways. It says that you have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Steadfast in obeying your decrees, and I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Let's 
bow our heads and pray for the receiving of this word today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, Lord, and I want your people to receive this word in a powerful way today. But God, it has to be your Holy Spirit that is knocking on the doors of hearts. It has to be your Holy Spirit that right now infiltrates the room and surrounds the room and takes over the room because God, this is a message I know that you gave me to preach. And so I'm here to be obedient to that. And I just want you to be transformative through this message today. We pray that the words I preach be your words. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys may be seated today. Now, happiness. <clears throat> happiness, happiness, happiness. There used to be a song from Ren and Stimpy that used to go, Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy. You guys aren't joining in. It's a simple song. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Sometimes we think of happiness just as this big, bright color and smiles and all that. But what, what is happiness? What is happiness? Happiness is described as a state of well-being and being content. A state of well-being and being content. Now, when the Lord asked me to preach this message, I'm going to tell you a truth. I'm going to tell on myself. I said, God, if there was any message I could preach other than this message, so be that. <laughs> and why? It's because of this. It's because, you know, I have this thing. I call it my RBF face. It's my resting blessed face. And sometimes it's just I've got this look on me that it's not always happy. I'm happy, but it doesn't always look happy. And at times, I don't always honestly feel happy. Is that you? Am I relating? Yes. Okay. Or is everyone just here so happy all the time and you just don't show it when you come in here at the 1030? Is that what happens? Okay. All right. But here's the thing. There's so many things in this life that we try to strive to center our happiness around. Okay. There's so many things. For some of you, it could be money. It could be, you know, a better job, finding the love of your life. It could be taking a dream vacation. It could be getting excellent grades and a 4.0 on your GPA. For some, it's living with absolutely no stress because who wants stress? Don't worry. Be happy. Okay? Uh, for some of you, it could be just making some sort of breakthrough within your life. I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and let the coffee keep talking, but I'm going to let it stop for a moment. And I'm going to get back to what I believe the Lord wants to be said. The thing about happiness is this. So many Christians will claim that they're not happy. Yeah. Oh, they'll, they'll stay it on the outside. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm fine. I'm okay. But they're not so much on the inside. In fact... So many of us in this life, we live in a world each year that's filled with more and more people that are depressed, suicidal, and just completely wanting to give up on their lives altogether. 
Sometimes the happiest people who make you laugh and smile and entertain you are the most depressed people that you'll ever see. Okay? An estimated 21 million adults in the United States have had at least one major depressive episode. The prevalence of major depressive episodes has been higher each year compared to previous years, just even 20 years ago. And the prevalence of major depressive episodes that have quote-unquote led to suicide have gone double or triple in just the last two or three years alone, which could be pandemic-related. Happiness is a real and serious issue. But oftentimes in the church, we don't really consider it so serious because, well, everyone should just be happy. You came to the altar, you should just be happy. Just be happy. Just be a shiny, happy little Christian. You should be. But here's the thing. We all have different things that we deal with. So I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, you don't know me. You don't know me. That's right. Turn to someone else behind you and say, you don't know me. You don't know me. Now you're like, why did he say that? Because here's the truth of it. You don't. You don't know what the person even next to you is dealing with on the inside. You could be married to them. You could wake up next to them. But you really don't know what a person deals with on the inside. And that's where we want to land today within our, our sermon topic and message. I want to talk about what the psalmist is saying here. Psalm 119, it's a beautiful and powerful psalm. It's what they call an acrostic psalm. It's trying to basically tell you the goodness of God by using the alphabet. So if you couldn't get it on a higher intellectual level, we're going to break it down and give you the alphabet to help you understand it. Okay? So it begins with the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. It begins with the first letter, A, which is alpha. Alpha, beginning. And so in this psalm, and if you read the whole thing, which we don't, we, which we can do, but we'll be here for a while. It's a very long psalm. So I'm going to ask that that's some homework you can do after the service today. But Psalm 119 reflects descriptions of plots, of slanders, and taunts against the psalmist. It talks about persecution and afflictions. But yet, what's the first word that this psalm begins with? Blessed. Blessed. It begins with something that means happy. Happy. Happy are those who are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Happy are those. If this was a modern day song, it would want to tell you about all of the negative stuff first. It would be in a minor key, probably like an A minor. That's a good key. All right? And... You know, if it was like when I was growing up in the 90s as a teenager, it'd be like an alternative rock song. You know, it'd start out a little low. I'm so sad. Oh, <laughs> I've got the joy down, down in my heart. <laughs> okay. But here's the thing. This song, as much as it talks about pain and it talks about real life, it begins with the word blessed. It begins with the word happy. So why is it that 
this psalmist is beginning with the word happy. It's because the way to true happiness is found in nothing else but God. Give him praise for that. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about that. You guys ready to talk about some of that? Yes. I got three yeses and a bunch of noes, so we're going to go with it anyway. <laughs> but the truth of it is, is that God is the source of our happiness. And the thing about it is, when it comes to happiness, is that oftentimes we center all of it around something that we think will make us happy. But when we center it on God, okay, just want to talk to you about this today. Happy living starts by living a life centered on who God is, completely reflective of his character, and completely and deeply in love with who God is and the transformative power of that within your life. I know that's a lot, but that is the key to true happiness. Let me ask you this. Does God get mad at you and throw lightning bolts every time you sin? Okay, some of you might have had some lightning bolts because you did not say that very loudly. I'm going to ask it again. Does God throw lightning bolts every time you mess up in your life? No. Okay. Does God get even and plot revenge on all of the enemies that he may find on this earth? No. No? All right. Does God quit giving out his love and grace because he got offended? No. No. When you base your happiness on God, you're basing it on a being who is outside of the constructs that we look at and we have and the fences that we build and the things that we harbor within our hearts. We base our happiness on a God who has unconditional love and grace and peace and mercy and forgiveness for you. Yes. Give him praise today. Turn to your neighbor and say, He's not like you. He's not like you. He's not like me either. He's way better. Woo! And that's why I'm happy. That's why I'm happy. My first point of all of that is just simply to say this obedience equals happiness. So turn to your neighbor and say that. It equals happiness. Now we're going to talk about the next step. The next point is very quick. So tell this to your neighbor. Lack of obedience equals a lack of happiness. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. It can be hard on our own to obey the precepts and commandments of God on our own. And there are some people that try to do that and it, it flusters and, and it fails people. And today you may have come to church in a very, very dry place of your soul. And I say that because again, I don't know what you're going through on the inside. 
But I know someone who does. I know someone who knows you so well that they knit you and pieced you together in the womb. And that they know every single thing that's going on within your life. They know all the positives and the negatives. They know the distractions and they know the things that propel you in the faith. God knows! And he understands. The thing of it is, is this. We oftentimes, as humans, kind of have like a default button. It's like when you buy a toy and it's got a default button for English or Spanish. On what language that toy is going to speak to you? If you buy it in this country, normally it'll be English, but sometimes you get Spanish, which is, that's okay too. You just got to explain to your kids that it's speaking a different language. And if you bring it to church, you have to explain that, yes, it's not speaking in tongues. It's just a different language. But as humans, we sometimes have this default. And, and maybe you share in this, but maybe you don't. But I'm just going to kind of put this out there. I know my default, and one of my, my greatest weaknesses is this, is that I make my negativity my normal. <laughs> and you're like, you're a pastor, you shouldn't say that, you should always be happy. But it's the truth. I sometimes make my negativity my normal. And, here, and here's why. When a situation happens, someone just make up a situation real quick. Just throw it out there. Let me see what you got. The fan broke down. That's a good one. The church van broke down and you're like five towns away. So here's what's going in my mind. First thing is, Oh no. <laughs> I had the same thought. Yeah. Uh, next thought. Well, how are we going to get the van back? How are we going to get the people back? Could I care less about the van because we really just need to get the people back? You know, I have the worst things come inside of my head, and I think of the negative before anything positive. How many of you are like that this morning? Just just raise of hands. When a situation happens, you've already thought it out till that thing is probably dead and buried in the ground, and you've thought out all of the bad things that could happen. It's like if you were on the Titanic and you heard it was sinking, you're already like, oh man, I hope I got my life insurance ready. All that. I mean, you've just thought it out so far, and that's my problem. My negativity, I make it unfortunately my normal, but here's the thing. Negativity should not be a normal. Tell that to your neighbor. Yeah, I know. It's hard. It's hard for us negative people to say that. But it's the truth. It said, blessed are those whose ways are blameless. It's happy are those whose ways are blameless. It's easier for me to tell you everything that's going to go wrong and why. But here's the thing. In the church of the Nazarene, we are optimists. We're optimists. And I'll say it this way. We are optimists because we've seen the evidence of what God can do in humanity. When Jesus took our sins on the cross and died for them. And He took our sins away. He was able to give us a blessed assurance through His Son, Jesus Christ. We should be optimists in knowing that God can work and move and transform. We should be optimists in knowing that God's hand can be in our life and situations. 
And we can be optimists in knowing that even if he doesn't work in the way that we think he should, it doesn't mean that he is not there and he is not working. Optimists. But yet, how many of us lead with pessimism in our lives? And when we lead with pessimism, we lead with negativity, we sometimes wonder, why am I not so happy? Because we've centered our lives on thinking the worst first, instead of thinking the possibility, the potential that God can do first. So many of us can get stuck in that. But here's the thing. Our negative is not our normal. Amen? Amen. Our negative is not our normal. Tell that to your neighbor. Say it. That's right. Our negative is not our normal. Because we can have something that's much better than our negative thoughts and feelings. I want to talk to you about the joy of the Lord. I want to talk to you about that. Because some of you right now are in such a dry place. You have been in a situation and, and you are tried out. You are tired. You do not feel happy. Oh, you might be a little happy just to kind of get through. But you don't feel happy. You don't feel that blessedness that comes from knowing the joy of the Lord. And God is saying to us in his scriptures that there's something better. I want to turn to Proverbs 17, 22. I want to turn to that real quick. One, one piece of scripture in Proverbs. It says this. It says, and read this with me. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A joyful heart. When I was asked to preach this, I was like, Lord, I don't know if I can because you know how I really am. And you know how my negative is my normal. So how am I going to be able to talk to a bunch of people about being happy? <laughs> when most of the time I feel pretty crushed in spirit about so many things. And then God brought this first. <laughs> As he always does. Yes. And then what's it saying? The psalmist says, blessed are... What? The way one who walks in the ways of the Lord. You know how he brings things together? He brought this to him. He says, a joyful heart is good medicine. Yes. The joy of the Lord is something that no one, no one, say no one. No, no one can touch that. <laughs> no one can touch that. When your joy is centered around something other than the joy of the Lord. It might be that your joy is in your marriage. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with loving your spouse. That's, that's biblical. But sometimes we can love people more than we love God. Yeah? And so when your joy is placed within all of that, and when your spouse does something wrong to you, whatever it could be, and that brings you all the way down. And you wonder, well, what? Well, what happened? I was so happy. Because your joy wasn't something it didn't need to be in. Some of us, we put our joy. You would be so happy. I guarantee you, everybody would be coming to this church next week if this happened. If everyone here got a check for a million dollars. I see some happy faces now. Hallelujah. 
insane amount of money and left here. I guarantee you, you would be happy. And I guarantee you, a little bit of you would probably put a little bit of joy into that money. Especially if you didn't have to pay taxes on it. Woo! You get the whole thing tax-free somehow. I don't know how, but let's just, we're just imagining. But here's the thing. When that money is gone, <laughs> where's your joy? It's gone too. I'm going to tell you this. And I heard this from preacher who's more famous than me and I just think it kind of fits well and he said it this way he says that my joy is my job my joy is my job because where does the joy come from the Lord so God entrusts us with his joy in our hearts and lives and and nothing can take the joy of the Lord away because the joy of the Lord is the Lord's right but the problem is how often do we give that away so easily and freely to people, situations, hurtful comments, and things that just break our heart? We, we just willingly will trade the joy of the Lord for the junk of this life. My joy is my job. I'm entrusted. I'm entrusted with this gift of joy. And I might be going through all kinds of pits and snares and traps. I might be going through some of the worst stuff and the worst negativity I've ever faced in my life. But, but when my joy is my job, my, my, I have that joy within me. Down, down, down. It's in my heart. It doesn't mean that life is easy and that there's Partridge Family music playing all the time saying, come on, get happy and be happy. You should just be happy. Life is going to hit and it's going to always hit hard. But when you have the joy of the Lord, it gives you a strength that you don't have in any other way. You don't. And I know that because there's all kinds of people out there that I talk to or, or I spend some time with. And there is, on the outside, something that says, well, I, I'm a Christian, but then on the inside, I am so broken. I'm so broken. So And if that's you today, I want to share this last piece of scripture. We're going to go to Psalm 126. This psalm comes from a collection of psalms called the Songs of Ascent. And the Songs of Ascent were these songs that the Jewish people would use to sing to as they went to the festivals. And as they went up to Jerusalem, they were going up into the city to worship. They were going up. They were ascending. They were going up. But this particular psalm, although it is in the Psalms of Ascent, this particular psalm is what they call a lament. Or if I was going to put it in songwriting terms, it would be a ballad. You might have a couple of minor chords 
to set the tone. But this is what it says. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Amen. And then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Has the Lord done great things for you? Yes. Amen. It says this, the Lord has done great things for us. He's reaffirming that statement. And he says, we are filled with what? Joy. We're filled with what? Joy. With what? Joy. Good. And it says, restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the negative. Those, and this is, this is important, if you're in a dry place, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Today, you might be in a very dry place on the inside of your heart and life. And no one knows what you're going through in the way that God does. But this psalm is an encouragement to me because sometimes for all the tears, <laughs> All the things that, you know, they frustrate you or they, they get to you and they, they get inside of you. I'm reminded that those who go out weeping, it says, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. You might be in a really dry place in your life but let me tell you this even the tears that you see and that you have on your face and that no one else sees God sees and he's ready to work within that and it might not be tomorrow and it might not be next week but there will be a season where God will take those tears and eventually he'll turn them into songs of joy and he'll turn them around and turn them into things that only he can Use and do through your life. And I don't know about you, but when you begin to think about that, man, how could you not be happy? How could you not have some joy thinking that? You have an important role in carrying those seeds to somebody. You have purpose. You have reason for being here. God did not just put you on here just to be sad or to be tormented with depression. And I'm not saying that you can't go through those things, but I'm saying that there's, there is a light at the end of those tunnels. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow. Some of you just need to be reminded God can turn that weeping into songs of joy. Give him praise today, church. You want us to stand? We're going to close out today. And so as we're just standing in the presence of the Lord here today, if you feel led and you want to pray about some things in your life, maybe there's some things in your life 
that haven't worked out the way you thought. Maybe there's some things in your life where you put your entire basket of joy into and it's not panned out. Maybe there's some things in your life that right now God is speaking to you, and, and but yet you're on the inside saying, no, I don't want to go forward. I don't want to do that. But God is speaking to you here today and saying, I want to speak to you about your happiness and your joy. Will you pray with me here today, church? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being the source of all happiness. We thank you, God, that you are the joy of our hearts and our lives. We give you praise for being the joy that surpasses all understanding. And so today, we ask that you focus. Help us to focus, Lord, on your Holy Spirit. Help us to focus on anything that challenges our, our, our happiness in you. Whether it be a job, whether it be a situation with our finances, with somebody that we know, God, we ask that you help us, help shift our negative thoughts, help shift our negativity to being optimistic about what you can do. God, thank you for being such a good father who cares about our happiness and you care about our holiness in you. Help us, Lord, to believe that the tears that we sow in this season will reap a joyful harvest in your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Give him praise this morning, church. Give him praise. Amen. Amen. Just want to simply say this before you leave. God loves each and every single one of you. And it's my prayer that you understand the joy of the Lord. You guys are dismissed today. Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. If you would like to connect with me or Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, you can find us on Facebook at Greencastle Nazarene and also on our website, www.greencastlenazarene.com. May you have a blessed and wonderful day in the Lord.